to the Toledo Matters Podcast for episode 25. With you, as always, is your host, Bob, your co-host, Danny Woodcock, and myself, Nathan. Your engineer. engineer. <laughs> yeah, I knew you guys were going to do it, so I didn't even say it this time. Gotcha. Like that? Yeah, that was good. All so right. today on the show, we have Dr. Romulus Durant, the uh, president and superintendent of Toledo Public Schools. Very cool guy. It was a fun interview. He came TPS correct, TPS socks, TPS collar, yeah. TPS everything. TPS really awesome. proud. No, yeah. he, he has he has a great great view on branding. He yeah. really does. So it was a fun interview. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you all enjoy that. Um, Before and, we get to that, Bob, what were you up to this weekend? Well, I, I built this really awesome blanket fort <laughs> in my family room Saturday morning <laughs> with my Ooh, son. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. That is kind of cool. It's one of those things like. I can't like if Steph comes home and I'm making a blanket fort, she's gonna be like, "Really?" But you can, see, you can kids, take the dogs. You get away with it. You get the the with dogs it. wanted the blanket fort, yeah, right? Yeah, now. I might be able to pull that off actually. <laughs> the dogs. Yeah, I mean, we you know, this is probably boring for our listeners, but we were just reading a uh, this book where, where these people make a blanket fort, and he was like, "We got to do this." Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and I was all into it because. You know, I was watching the kids while Kristen was out doing something, and uh, so it, it was it was a great way to kill them. How many blankets did did you use? About seven. Wow, yeah. pretty pretty good Whoa. blanket for it then. Okay, yeah, yeah. Nice. Do you have pics? No, what I should the? I should have taken pic- pictures. Yeah, man, come on. Yeah, Our I social media guy is very disappointed in you. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I didn't I didn't really have a very uh, very active weekend other than the blanket fort and some family stuff. But yeah, it was it was good. I also did not have a very active weekend. It rained. Thank God, because I had mowing and trimming and all here, this here. crap on the Ugh. list, and I didn't have to do any of it and hey. didn't get yelled at for it. So it was great. <laughs> it was awesome. Here, um, here. I, I did want to mention something. To growing up. My grandpa is kind of a Toledo legend. Um, he had two restaurants, uh, the Porch of the Maidens and Michelangelo's, which were on uh, Central, where all the car dealerships are, Dealership Row or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he had a, an aerial photography company that uh, basically documented most of the United States for 50 years, over 25 million uh, pictures. And uh, he passed away uh, last Thursday night at 87. Um, so I just want to mention, just kind of wanted to mention him because he's definitely, a, you know, a, mm-hmm. he's as Toledo as you get. And uh, he will be missed. And, uh, and I love you, Pop Pop. Yeah, for sure. But that's about it for me last weekend. About you, Danny, Danny, how about you? What'd you do, Danny? Uh, you just I, stayed at home, right? Yeah, I just <laughs> just a quiet actually, weekend at home. I'm huh? I'm still recovering. That's Lots of Rocket League. Sounds right? a little harsh. A lot of Rocket League. I'm actually going through Rocket League withdrawal. I played today and got whooped. It was bad. But I was at Lollapalooza all weekend, and wow, was this place nuts! Like a hundred thousand people every day in Grant Park. Just. Four bands playing at all times with the giant city in the background. That's in Chicago, Grant Park, by the way. Expensive weekend is from what I heard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It, I, I knew this was coming, and I prepared for worse, but I'm still disappointed with where I ended up. All right. <laughs> it's just easy to spend just money back to square, Back to square one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a great time, though. I had so much fun. That's uh, cool. My you... friends had to like kind of convince me because I don't like big crowds like that. Right. But after going, like I got to go again. Like you said, kind of like a it bucket so list, once in a lifetime kind of experience. But the thing is, I mean, yeah. it's Chicago. It's not, I mean, I go there you know, more frequently than I'd probably like. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's fam- not that your, your yeah. wife's family is yeah. That, right? it, it's it's not that bad of a drive. So I mean, no, it's, it's not. not like you you were going to it's just, you know, Coachella, it's pricey like in once California you, once you or get something. There. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So what do we got coming up in Toledo? 
Uh, we actually have this Friday, August 5th, Summer Brew Fest at Hensville. Uh, if you guys haven't been to Hensville yet, that's got to be on your summer bucket list. Definitely. Uh, this Summer Brew Fest will have over 200 craft beers from 50 different breweries. Uh, VIP tickets are only 45 bucks <clears throat> and 55 at the door. General admission, 25 pre-sale, 35 at the door. For more info, check out hensville.com. It, it's worth it, too. I think the Holy 25 crap. bucks gets you like like 18 tickets, and each ticket's like an 8-ounce beer or something like that. Wow. It's pretty awesome. Wow. I, I've missed the last couple of years, but it is, it's a pretty fun time for sure. <laughs> I can't wait. If you're into like different beers, if you like experimenting yeah. with beers anyways. <laughs> it, it, one thing I'm involved in uh, is the Glass City Dog Park, which uh, I know you're Nate. You're on the board, right? I'm on the board, and Nate, you're a member, I'm an right? avid user of the dog yeah. park, yes. Ooh, I got to talk to you after the show. Zoe needs to come to this dog park. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a great place. It's good, yeah. We probably should get somebody on to talk about it, but... Uh, anyway, there's a fundraiser for the, for the dog park coming up. It's, it's a, it's a, the first annual glass city dog park golf outing All right. at the South Toledo, um, uh, golf club on August 26, 2016. So, uh, it's a, it's a little bit ways away, but I'm just mentioning it. So people Getting know it about out there. it. And, uh, are you a golfer, Bob? Uh, I'm a hacker. So so like you, computers, you no. hack into the scores and make yourself the winner. <laughs> no, I, 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 I take the club and I and I hit the ground really hard, right. and I hope I hit the ball. So you're a driver of the golf cart, then, is what you're saying? No, I I, I like scrambles. Okay, yeah, where you pick the best, <laughs> where you pick the best shot of the, the yeah, team. Yeah, <laughs> right. scrambles with a good foursome is is how I roll. So, uh, but anyway, if you're interested, uh, I, you can go to the uh, dog park's website, glasscitydogpark.org, and there's information there. All the proceeds are going to fund the dog park and stuff. Yeah, yeah, cool. we're trying to do some. And if you're not a member stuff. and you have dogs. Uh, I got to talk to you. It's yeah. it's absolutely worth it. It's like I think fifty bucks a year or something. Forty, I think. Yeah. yeah. What? It's, and they've got multiple Shh. sides, so they rotate the sides, so the grass is always good. They've got water. They've got toys. There's there, shelter, there's, so you can sit in the shade while your dogs are running around. There's a big dog side park there's, and yeah, a, little a little dog, dog park. park. Yeah, and yeah. the dogs absolutely. It's yeah. their favorite thing. If we we have, we can't even say dog park, we have to spell it out. So they hear <laughs> dog park, they just start going crazy. That's so. great. That's great. So anyway, I, I just want to plug that. Cool. Little out of order. Um, Saturday, August 13th, Toledo Jeep Fest. Literally thousands of people are expected to come that are Midwestern Jeep aficionados. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to take part in a one-day family-friendly festival, including a car show, Jeep parade, and it's actually free. Nice. Sweet. <laughs> uh, but if you want to be in the parade or the car show, you got to register. So head over to Facebook and look up Toledo Jeep Fest because that was the best place I could find information for it. Awesome. Yeah, I've never been to that. That sounds like a cool, I think it's a cool thing new. It's coming think, right yeah. past my apartment. So I'm <laughs> I, I think it's the first time they've done this, or at least first time in recent okay, memory. So cool. that's... Yeah. Kind of honoring the the, the, the Toledo. Yeah, it, it should be Jeep. neat. It, it's I think it's going to be a pretty big event. Yeah. Uh, without further ado, Toledo, thank you for listening. And here is Dr. Romulus Duran. With us today, we have Dr. Romulus Durant, superintendent Dang. of the Toledo Public Schools. Welcome. Uh, appreciate you having me here. Yeah, Thanks thank for coming in. Yeah, appreciate absolutely. that. And uh, I think we're planning to put this out maybe, I think maybe on the day that TPS starts this okay. year, which is August 18, right? That's correct. Yeah. So I think that's going to be the day this comes out. A Thursday? Yeah. You start yeah. school on a Thursday? Yes. You know, because we, we have open house and auto thing prior to that, so... 
Okay. All right. So there's stuff going on earlier in the week. It's just that's the first day the kids are there. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, Dr. Durant, you're from Toledo, right? That is correct. Born and raised on the east side. On the east side. Oh, yeah. And I think you're you're an alumnus of the same high school my mom went to, which is Waite, right? Oh, Morrison, our Waite High School. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what, you know, did you know you wanted to get into education from an early age? You know what? Um, uh, in regard to going through school and going through athletics, um, you know, and, and my mother had always worked in a pharmacy office. And, you know, there was always an appeal that, you know, my parents' encouragement was always to go into pharmacy or, or physical therapy. And, you know, they had some interest because they tied to the athletics and, you know, I played football and, you know, and then got customized to in working out and understanding medicine and how it impacts the body and et cetera. Um, but then it came a point in time that I had to have self-talk and re- revelations and, and deciding what was my true path and, and passion. And uh, I always tell people I can remember the day coming home because I, I played at the University of Toledo and coming home... Um, you know, in my freshman year and telling my parents I had changed my major, I mean, the roof about went off the house, you know, <laughs> because there's always this notion to say, hey, there's no ed- money in education, et cetera. And, you know, I tell the kids, do not let monetary value drive what you do, but it should be the passion because then the day people pay for passion. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that pretty much regarded it all had went from there and developed a 15 year plan and, and just kind of been executing it one by one. I think I read in a bio somewhere that at age 20, you wrote somewhere that you were planning to be superintendent of TPS. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, by, by <laughs> wow. age of 37. And, um, <laughs> and, and it, it stemmed from once I had changed my major yeah. and began to lay out quarter by quarter at the time they were on quarters as well as summer school to be able to determine uh, when I would be done with the, the bachelor's, master's, and then projected out as being a superintendent, they usually look for a doctorate program. Uh, that individuals who host a doctorate title is an expert in some type of category. And so uh, knowing that is what really motivated me to go ahead and get a doctorate degree. So what, what was there some event in your life or some what made you come to the realization that that's what you wanted to do rather than pharmacy, rather than something else? You know what? um, Despite, uh, you know, my mother and parents may have stated for me to go the medical route, um, but I grew up around them always supporting and working with kids. So my father, who who was taken under the arm by a gentleman named Chet that I known as the, the Woody Hayes of the East Side, he had Coach Franklin. Yeah, he had a skipper hat, a little fedora, and a cigarette that just balanced on the edit. Oh lip. man! Yeah. So he had taken my father in, who had had a trouble pass, and um, taught him the art of coaching. And it was through that that my father had pretty much raised us, because at the end of the day, there wasn't a, a male or a father figure in his own life. But the only thing he knew was what he was taught, and that was through Chet in regards to understanding the discipline and how it applied to life through the game of football. And so he brought us in as water boys until we were able to play. My mother was a cheerleading coach, and she <laughs> cheered my sister as well as the, the team on the east side. And, and we had went through that for, of course, almost 18 years. And so when you, when you look at that in regards to just being around and seeing the development of children and, and the impact of that, Obviously, it has an impact on, you know, your own children, and it, it had really wore off on me to that this, the thought of giving every child an, a piece of what I received since my childhood. That's great. And and what I find amazing, you know, I'm somebody who changed my major like three times in college. Right. <laughs> you changed it freshman year, and you, you've stuck with it the whole way. I mean, that's that's great. 
um, it, 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 you really latched on to what your passion was. It sounds. What like. was the major that you changed that you landed on when you changed it? It was, uh, it was going to yeah pharmacy yeah. and um, and and it was a split between that and physical therapy. Um, but uh, you know, once I had really had came in touch to going into education, it was it was full board, and so executing. Um, things that I need in my course of study, to graduations, to understanding where I need to be at in my career. And at the same time, you know, one of the things that I always speak to the kids about is that, you know, I was able to acquire all three degrees and not have to acquire any debt. And so that's the thing that I promote to them is that at the end of the day, what are you willing to do to see to it that your schooling is paid for? Because there's opportunity. It's just at the end of the day, you can't tell yourself no. So did you do that with scholarships or were you working? Yeah. So I always tell the story in one of some of my campaign speeches in regards to the kids, in regards <laughs> to education, is that, um, you know, as I was going through and obviously football had paid for my bachelor's degree and I knew I was going on for a master's and, and, and doctorate. So... What I did had went to the financial aid office and then went to the College of Education. And, you know, and they used to have the forms on the wall and you would go through the sleeve and you pull the sleeve and you would read the description. And I, what I found out is that every description that I had read, you know, you had to be a single mother. You had to come from a single parent household. You had to have a certain income level. You had to have a certain GPA. You had to be in a certain grade. And, and at the end of the day, all 80 of them from both departments, none of them applied to me. <laughs> Dang. So what I told people that I applied for all 80 of them. <laughs> so, uh, you know, after applying for all 80 of them, two months later, I received a, a, a phone call from a, a hostile person on the other end. <laughs> and uh, she was a little bit upset and she said, you applied for a single mother scholarship. You're not even a woman. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, after a minute of it, I kind of stopped her in her tracks and said, ma'am, all you have to do is say no, because I'd rather you say no than tell myself no. And that kind of wow. really calmed the conversation and kind of apologized and got off the phone. And two months later, I received two single mother scholarships. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. And so what do you think I did the next January? Applied <laughs> right. for all 80 of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, you know, what ended up happening was I said at the uh, end of the day, when it comes to government money and as well as a college, either you use it or lose it. Right. And a university have to use it. And so... And they were like, you're right, just turn in one application instead of 80. <laughs> and if there's leftover money, we would support your endeavor in education. And that's kind of really what paid, you know, through the master's as well as doctorate program. Awesome. So backing up a bit, uh, you referenced football a few times. Yes. Uh, for people who don't know, you played football, right? Yeah, I played middle linebacker. <laughs> yeah, Wade High School. Uh, an all-state, all-state, first-team all-state. And, uh, you know, I tell people is that um, with the kids – is that I had learned early on that football was not going to be reliable. I mean, I had went from being a two-time, one of the top-rated linebackers in the state, and a thing came along called Title IX, and Title IX equaled the level of scholarships offered for women as the same as to men, meaning the athletic football program had to give up half of their scholarships to what they used to offer. Right. Ooh, and so it was damn. in that in the year that I was coming out that, you know, my height was a challenge. And before I knew it, is that here I went thinking I was going to be a stud to end up being a dud because I had no <laughs> scholarships on the table. Right. Uh, because they were all either used up or et cetera. Shoot. And so I ended up having to come on at the fall at UT and then earn a scholarship right in the second uh, quarter. 
Yeah, so... Yeah. But then you played for UT, too, right? Yeah, yeah. played at the yeah. University of Toledo under Co- Coach Gary Pinkle. We yeah. went on to win two West Championships during the time with Randy Maul, Chad Pennington, and <laughs> and then went on to win the Las Vegas Bowl, uh, yeah. which was the first... Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> go Rockets, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you ever tackle anybody famous? Uh, you know what? Let's see. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't want to call him out right, right here. Uh, you know. <laughs> Actually, the quarterback from uh, Ohio State, his name was Belisari, if you recall... Uh, I remember I had actually knocked him out. In Ohio State. <laughs> oh yeah, knocked, had to, they had to pick carry him off the field, but um, we ended up getting blown out forty nine nothing. It was like a, you know uh, when the battle lost right, the war, right. sort of it was like, a moral yeah. victory for me. You know, hey. yeah. <laughs> you touched on this a little bit, but are, are there lessons from your days in football that you now think uh, apply to your your job now, or, or to how you approach approach education? Uh, you know what, every bit kids? of it, every bit of it. Um, you know, one of the things is I'm, you know, very data driven. And so, you know, I'll get people to say, you know, what statistics class? And, you know, I was very involved in statistics, but, you know, I told them that I learned the no- most knowledge about data analysis with through football. Wow. Um, you know, people don't realize they just watch the players on the field and don't understand the, the studies behind it in regard to when you watch a Peyton, Peyton Manning, he's calling an audible for a reason it's because he studied the game to be able to counter what you're doing as a defender. And because he studied you so much, he understands your probability before you understand him. Mm-hmm. And so as, uh, as a defender, I had to understand quarterbacks and other people that the offensive coordinator has a human tendency to do certain things in the game. And that applies to education and that end of the day if i you know gave you certain sayings all of us would do it if i sneeze more like you say what because or bless you or yeah, bless. right yeah. it's just a common yeah. characteristic and so every human has that and so when you study film by film you can determine an offensive coordinator's habits based on where the ball is and if you're huh. understanding and picking those things up as well as reading the formation on the field you're able to put yourself in position to make plays well that applies the same way with education is that kids make common problems or mistakes in regard to execution of problems is that they're just not new to the scenario is that in the, the day there are reasons that they may not get it or understand it and the better that you understand the data in regard to where they're missing out the better you're able to close those gaps so you know just that analysis in regard to not only your data but at the same time understanding mission and vision not let a day go by that gary pinko and the coach and the leadership of the team did not make sure that you understood what the core values of the team as well as mission and vision because at the end of the day if not you were running after practice so you know <laughs> it had went from near to just the whole branding i mean if yeah. you see in regard to everything so that's how we were in football you know you wore everything university of toledo pair from you know everything the football team has tps tough links well hey i'm working on them you know i'm trying to convert them to the tps you know but right on yeah so th- this is not a visual format obviously so what what you're talking about is you're wearing a suit with TPS on the sleeves and, and it's it's branding, right? Yeah, the collar, yeah. I mean, my shoes, my yeah. socks. All the way down to the know, socks. Yeah, no, that's great. Oh, deal. Yeah. So, yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, there was a mantra with the team is that, you know, I remember coming as a freshman, it was a rude awakening. You know, at the time I had a North Carolina jacket on and you did, you know, and it was a, it was a come to Jesus talk right at the minute when they yeah. saw you yeah. and, and you never wore another university or institution after that. And you understood in regard to the pride and the morale of, of the team. And so those are the things that we try to carry over in our every job. Yeah, well, that's great. So um, I think you touched on you got your master's in education, you and you got your your doctorate in administration and supervision. Okay, and were you teaching around then? Yeah, or? you know what? Yeah. Actually, I was a teacher here, right around the corner. It used to be called Nathan Hale Elementary. Uh, so oh, if yeah. you go up into Upton, 
Yeah. It's a big field now. Yeah, that big field. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was a teacher there. I was a fourth grade teacher there. Um, taught fourth grade for about three years and then went on to be a dean of students and then went on to be assistant principal, went on to be a principal, then assistant superintendent and then a superintendent. Was that all in your plan when you were 20? Uh, pretty much for the most part was, was yeah. to go into education and go into the yeah. classroom and then accelerate into the administration level. I, I assume that's usually how it goes is that position is filled by someone who's got some experience on on kind of all the levels of, of all the way through the process. You know, in theory, but at the end of the day, you're, you're finding non-traditional people taking in superintendent roles now mm-hmm. in regard to coming from military right. business and et cetera. But at the end of the day, you know, some are, are getting people with, with uh, financial acumen. You know, schools are having a difficult time with budget, so they bring mm-hmm. in somebody who's a finance person. Sure. My, my wife's a teacher mm-hmm. by trade, and okay. she, she taught fourth grade for a while and the fifth grade. Now she's a reading specialist. Okay. And uh, she would tell anybody, and I think, you know, having been married to her, I think it was engaged her at the time. <laughs> the first year of teaching, you know, for her, I think it was teaching fourth grade, was the hardest thing she's ever done in her life. Yeah. Would you agree with that? You know what? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, um, you know, one of the things, I don't know if she, it was in TPS. It was but, in Chicago. It was Right. Yeah. In, in TPS, yeah. In TPS, we have what's called a Tweedle plan, which is, is that every first year teacher is giving an assigned consultant who worked with them throughout the entire first year. Nice. That's great. Uh, yeah. So in other words, she walks in and her pathwork not working. That person's there to help her. She walks in and doesn't have the key and been waiting on the key. That person's there to help her. She walks in and doesn't know where to go because on a district this size, she may not know who to ask about X, Y, and Z. She wants to let them know and at the same time help be the liaison to make those things happen. But at the same time, that person's also a critical person who sits and evaluates in the classroom. That person will make a recommendation to myself, the union president, as well as the panel, if that person should be employed for another year contract. Yeah. So there's a support system at the same time, you know, giving you best practices and et cetera. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I'm sure those first year teachers really appreciate that that support because I mean, oh, yeah. in some systems, you're kind of just thrown in yeah, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's a lot of work. People like, don't really realize how much work elementary school teachers do. Well, and even <laughs> after they get home, it's not yeah, just while you're there. A, it's the work. It's not a nine to five job. Doing all the grading <laughs> right. and all of the stuff like that. Pe- the grading, meeting the planning, with parents, all that. Yeah. yeah. You touched very briefly on parents. We were talking mm-hmm. about parenting. How how do you work to inspire parents to get involved in their children's education? You know, one of the, the things we've done, some of the initiatives we, we've launched in regard to one, we, we had literally done away with all middle school, junior high and K-8, and um, uh, junior high and middle school and went to K-8 mm-hmm. just to develop that nourishing environment for parents as well as students. Uh, we you switched the whole schools to K-8? One entire district K-8. So there used to be six middle schools. Now yeah. those six middle schools have been converted to a K to eight elementary. Oh wow! Okay. Um, but again, it developed that relationship. So if you have children and you had your child there from kindergarten, you're more than likely going to be more involved when your child's in eighth grade, <laughs> yeah, just through absolutely. the course of the interaction you've had all those years. Mm-hmm. You you knew all the staff, and at the same time, our our, our particip- participation rate had increased about sixty percent in the middle schools, um, as well as a drop in suspension because you had an entire staff who are aware of particular kids in regard to working with them over the course of years. So you can imagine the impact it would have in regard to that, as well as the reception that Mm -hmm. a parent wouldn't feel like they had to reinvent themselves or to introduce themselves to multiple people because they develop uh, relationships over the years of not only one child, but two children, depending on what it is. 
Um, and the other one is early childhood is that the better we're able to get involved with the parent much earlier on and bringing their children up in regards to the stimulation of uh, cognitive and educational aspects and preparing them for school readiness, uh, I think the better and the comfort they are in regard to coming into school from day one. Um, so those are the things in regard to one intervention, what we're doing in K-8 as well as high school, but two in regards to on the front end is those new parents as well as those who have newborns in regard to providing best practices for them within the home as well as center-based opportunities as well. Now, we were talking about some, some pre-K education. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you can recommend to, to parents of younger children to kind of get them ready for that? You know what? Uh, at the end of the day, dialogue is, is important, stimulating dialogue. I mean, understand not just telling your child, but, but an actual dialogue. But at the end of the day, in regard to knowing that, you know, having that response in regard to di- having a dialogue, whether it's just a car drive, whether it's in the grocery store, never shutting down a child's curiosity. You know, you ever see the commercial and the child always says, why? Why, yeah, Dad? Yep. Why, Dad? Why, Dad? And, and the whole idea, that's huh, ideally. I don't know. Right, right. And that's every child. And so at the end of the day, when you talk about science and all those other things, it's the ability to question and then be able to find out your answers for yourself as well as through execution of, of studies. And so, you know, it's those things early on in regard to not only reading to children, setting routines for them. Um, at the end of the day, it really lays a foundation for those kids as well as just exposing them to reading materials and other opportunities within the community because Toledo has a wealth of, of opportunities when you talk about the art museum for free, the zoo, you have Imagination Station, the downtown library, multiple libraries. Uh, I mean, there's an accessibility within mile as well as the TARDIS system to get you there. Yeah. Well, uh, as a parent of two young kids who are not school age, that's I, I know that firsthand. Yeah. And um, one of the things we're talking about is, so I have two kids with summer birthdays, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, I, I was summer birthday and I was like the youngest kid in my class. And and one of the new things that that's new to me since I've been a parent is, you know, well, let's wait till your kid's six to go to <laughs> kindergarten, right? Because they're, 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 they have a birthday in July or something. Right. What are your thoughts about that? Um, you know, I'm, I'm asking, this is a for, for my own benefit, but I would take advantage. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to charge him for this? Well, hey, I might have to. You know what? One of the things that we're pushing on, in regard to DC as well as the state, is to move to compulsory school law to the age of three. Um, you know, in other it's words, at, we, it's at six. It's at six now. It's at six right okay. now. Uh, one of the things that we have in regard to that is Head Start, which services kids yes. first to three, as well as three to five, up into six. Um, the better opportunities you have your child to engage in social emotional aspects. So meaning they may not be able to go into a kindergarten, but they still have opportunities to go into a preschool. Sure. Program. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so at the end of the day, it wouldn't hurt for the child to have another exposure in regard to preschool and rolling right, right. into kindergarten. I'm really talking about like an extra year of preschool before kindergarten. Yeah. Right. And, and like I said, you know, just having that as well with the stimulation that you provide in regard to just as you said, taking advantage of all those community uh, opportunities um, really goes a long way in regard to like I tell people the difference between reading about the Grand Canyon and seeing the Grand Canyon. Sure. Yeah. You know, a, a huge difference. And so um, those are opportunities as well as, you know, the art museum. I could tell you what, you know, they're one of the top in the country and really seeing things for kids as well as exploring the art. So. Yeah. We touched on the, the K through eight switch. I grew up in a school that was K through eight. What was it like to have to switch to just up, uproot that and go, all right, guys, we're going to try something different here. Well, you know what? Uh, you can imagine um, you're uprooting schools in regard to certifications, meaning individuals who 
um, were teaching certain grade levels, and then all of a sudden now had to have their license, you know, altered to be to be able to teach in a K eight oh. environment, as well as you're taking students who were once in the or a high, a junior high and got exposed to that autonomy and now yeah. brought back to a K-8 environment. Oh, so tough. it was that that interim two years that yes. really had an impact of people who were exposed. But then after that, I mean, I could tell you, you know, that type of autonomy for a 12 and a 13-year-old was a little too much, particularly if they weren't embedded in a lot of structure uh, and routine. And so now, I mean, you would, it's night and day when you go into these middle schools, or I should say go into elementary and see the middle school students, uh, in regard to their dis, their discipline, but it's even more obvious in the high school because they were used to the kids coming in ninth grade, wild up after they just spent <laughs> seventh and eighth grade, kind of ripping and running Trying between bells. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now it's in ninth grade and they're, they're, they're hitting the starting blocks and she, yeah. they say now they just come in with this calm demeanor. Which is Ooh. part of the nourishing environment of the K-8, you know, structuring. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. So one, one of the programs um, I've heard a little bit about is these Young Men of Excellence. Yeah. I think this is one of your programs mm-hmm. you started this? Yeah, the founder of Young Men of Excellence and Young Women of Excellence. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a new ad, right? Uh, the Women of Excellence was a year after I, I started oh, okay. the men. Oh, yep. okay. My mistake. Yes, and the guys are orange and green, and or I should say uh, black and orange, and the women are, are black and pink. Yeah. They have colors? Yes, they, that's their uniform. Okay, what what is the program for somebody who doesn't know anything about um, it? You know what, Young Men of Excellence and Young Women of Excellence is is a peer to peer as well as adult mentorship within the groups in regard to provide an opportunity for students. Everyone's not going to be an athlete. Everyone's not going to be a musician. But at the end of the day, they need to feel part of something. And yeah. so we develop brotherhoods and sisterhoods in regard to. Uh, now in today's present time, particularly if there's no one at the household in regards to that, that kids are relying on peer or family support system within the community. Yeah. And if you're in a broken community, many times it's not the most constructive. And so what we do is provide a brothership and a sistership in regard to individuals and women in regard to being able to engage in peer-to-peer interactions as well as wanting to achieve better and higher for themselves. And so uh, what I do with the young men and young women, and I take them on tours in regard to the college tours, um, industry tours. Um, at the same time, they are involved. In other words, I take them down to Rotary. So they come with me on some of the Rotary meetings oh, nice. downtown Toledo. Yeah. Um, at the same time, they work the event from whether to Chamber of Commerce, Rotary, or other events. So they do the doors, they do the chaperoning, as well as they sit on, I usually have them on agenda to speak as well. Yeah. Um, but it really gets them exposure to the community as well as understanding in regards to uh, putting others before self, but more importantly, understanding doing it in a collectivity of, of a group. Yeah. Now, what what made you start that program? Um, you know what? When I was a principal, I used to have a group. Uh, they were called the Disciples, and um, they literally ran the school. So for the most part, I should say, I mean, <laughs> that, you know, in other words, they ran my cafeteria periods. You know, I mean, when they were, usually if they were assigned a cafeteria, they were the ones who, you know, understood how it ran in regards mm-hmm. to kids lining up and procedures, as well as um, any dances that I held for the kids, hey. um, any events or whatever that may be. They were the leadership group um, who really modeled the behavior, but more importantly, uh, made sure that they were holding each other accountable to each other. Yeah. The one thing in regards to adults telling someone, knowing another young peer saying we shouldn't be doing this, mm-hmm. uh, which has a greater impact. And so... Uh, what happened was the one young man who was probably one of my greatest disciples, um, he, uh, you know, he kept, you know, he was nervous because, you know, elementary was ending. Yeah. And oh, yeah. he kept reminding me that he wasn't he wasn't sure if he was going to make it. And, you know, and I didn't recognize the signs. And 
I could say two years after he left, I mean, he fell in the wrong hands. And before you know it, he's serving life oh, uh, in prison. And oh. I felt like had I had I had a program, an opportunity to keep him in, he would still be with us today. And so uh, I held some responsibility of that because I didn't recognize it. And so that's why I started the young men and young women of excellence to, to provide that opportunity throughout the district. Um, so I bring them again together once a month, and they meet weekly. Is that something that they sign up for, or do you do you kind of find people that you think would be good for it or need uh, it? They sign up, or you know, staff recommends. Sure. Um, you know, I could tell you we've taken some of the most hardest students. Uh, I mean, we had one young man who uh, graduated Wade High School this year, was suspended over twenty something times, and um, he had joined a group and just graduated, and he was the president of the chapter. Awesome. Um, but uh, he had. <clears throat> Became the city league rusher of the year. Uh, I mean, he had, he had he had accomplished so much, and they began to realize there's so much success to be had uh, when in a support system of your peers, as well as when you're in a, involved with leadership. And people are always there to want to help you. And so um, we were excited just to see his transformation. Uh, we have a saying. I usually say, you know, I am my, my brother's keeper. They say together we will rise. Yeah. I say transforming lives. They say starts with me. And, and it's a true testament that if we're going to change each other, it starts with each in, individual. Yeah. And I imagine that in like a football circle right before yeah. you're about <laughs> That's to how we do it. Yes. So if students or parents wanted to, to get involved, what's the best? How do they do that? I answer all my own emails. Usually it's just rduran at tps.org. And, um, one of the things we work with is making sure there's an advisor at the school. So it always works when you have someone who's willing to go to the school, meet with the young men once a week or every other week, and then inform them about our event that we do as well as do our once a month meeting. Um, so we do all the parades as well. So we just done three this summer. And so they're always a part of that. You guys going to be at the Jeep Fest parade? Which one? Jeep Fest coming up uh, August 13th. What, what date is that? August 13th. Teenth, I okay. think. Well, we might have to. You know? <laughs> All right, All right <laughs> good. Put that it's be right. Yeah. 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 Do you have any new plans or projects that are being implemented this year that you want to talk about? You know what? Uh, I think the main thing is just getting parents excited about some of the things that that we're doing, as well as some of the things that you can expect to see in the future. Um, one of the things that we're, you know, moving forward is that your child, in regards, particularly if you're gifted, have an opportunity. Between ages, uh, for between the grades of fifth grade to high school, to accomplish not only a diploma but an associate degree. So we have a associate degree pathway that you can do starting the ninth grade. What we've done oh. is open the window up earlier on. So if you're a gifted student in fifth and sixth grade, you can start taking high school courses at that point in time. Wow. If you're Heck in yeah. seventh and eighth grade, all students will take high school courses. Yep. So as you begin to see that at the end of the day, I don't need to be a ninth grade to take gym. <laughs> I don't need to be in the ninth grade to be in music. You understand? You see what I'm yeah. saying? At the right. end of the day, right. you know, so why not get some of these credits for the average child out the way? And those who are gifted, they continue to go on and take others from Algebra yeah. 1 or those who are willing to do the work can take Algebra 1, foreign language and et cetera. So you can imagine if you started high school in seventh and eighth grade, then all of a sudden you were acquiring your other classes and other in the other grades, um, you began to start now completing your 21 Carnegie units to now you have an opportunity to start taking your associate degree. So you have an ability to get your 60 credits that we have with University of Toledo as well as Owens to literally walk across the stage. So we're expecting, I think next year will be our first year that they were able to acquire that. Um, our graduates will be walking walking across with the degree uh, with a good basket, yeah. good That's uh, percentage of, of them, not just a few. Yeah. 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 Awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So real quick, I was at the air show. Oh like yeah. A, a couple 
great program. Uh, two, week, two weekends ago. <laughs> and I, I was surprised. <laughs> I didn't know anything. Like, yeah, thanks, Danny. <laughs> uh, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't know anything about this TPS aviation program. Yeah. What, what Can you tell us about this? You know what? Uh, starting next year, um, 17, 18, uh, which will be next year, it will be a school of its own. Um, right now it's a program. And we have kids from all over, um, TPS as well as even surrounding area school districts who are bused and transported to the location. Those kids go in and learn in regard to um, aviation and leave out FAA-approved certified technicians wow. to work on a plane, wow. meaning Whoa. they can work in Detroit, they can work in Metcalf, they can work here in Toledo, huh. literally right out of the classroom. And so we developed an associate degree track with Owens to where they have an associate in avionics, which means they'll be in the tower working hmm. or in the mechanic side of it in regard to the maintenance of the, of the aircraft. But again, many of those are in regard to when we developed the school, which we're working on right now at that location, those kids will also have the ability to have pilot license. So wow. you're really talking about kids in regard to Jeez. require the whole that's, aspect. That's of amazing. Weekend. Where's that location going to be? Uh, Toledo Airport. Oh, wow. That's How appropriate. Right, <laughs> yeah. So is that something that came about from kids wanting to do it or is it like a high demand job market right now or uh it's probably one of the highest demand job market right okay. now they said the average age is 52 oh, okay uh, so you can wow. imagine they're gonna have they're some change over coming age. real soon right and so our kids are prime but at the end of the day you know they're they get hired immediately many of them uh, get contract we even had the military who heavily want them in um, as well, the 180th are very uh, big recruiters of them. Right. So, you know, those kids have a great future. But again, those are one of 36 programs that we offer within a district. Meaning, if you like drone technology, we build and fly drones. Sweet. If you like to train dogs who provide assistant care and living for, parent, for individuals who are blind or whatever that may be or autistic, we have students who are trained to train animals in our agricultural center. I mean, there's multiple programs that a child can get in in regard to 36 comprehension program. It's just a matter of identifying one for you. And that's what we've done in the sixth grade. All kids are screened with Navion. So they will produce a Navion, which we'll give over to the Chamber of Commerce to use as a recruiting mechanism. Um, but at the same time, we begin to do the show and tell, which is our busing the kids over to the program to see themselves. That's awesome. So ultimately, at the end of the day, they do take advantage of the seventh and eighth grade course offering to say i need to get these courses out the way so i can get progressively to my program sooner than later you know because at the end of the day you just don't jump right into an aviation program. sure yeah, yeah. you got to spend a year and a half to two in regard to getting meeting all the requirements of math and all the other uh core components gives them, yeah. gives them kind of a goal to to do well and work for that's correct yeah cool it is now time for our T-Town Trivia. We're going to ask you uh, four questions. There's three okay. main questions, and one is a bonus. Uh, if right. you get three questions right, you'll get a, a free coupon for a Holy Toledo Donut. Oh, Holy Toledo. Toledo. Which is pretty good. Oh, yeah, take, take it away, Danny. All right. These are all focused on TPS, mostly on athletics. We're going to get things going. Number one, they're going to range from easy, medium, hard. I promise you won't need any notes. Okay. <laughs> but he's not the notepad ready. All right. Number one. This sh should be a layup. Name three at Toledo Public Schools High School mascots. Oh, that was easy. We got the Indians at hey. Wade High School, the Spartans at, at Start, and the Bulldogs at Scott High School. There you go. Nice. One, go. two, and three. All right. Number two. Which TPS high school did Jamie Farr attend? Well, that's an easy one, too. I used to be the principal at Riverside Elementary, which is the elementary Jamie Farr went to, which means he went on to Woodward High School. I believe he's a graduate of 
Hey, um, polar bears. Three, I think he is. Well, um, you might. Want, Wikipedia told me he did not graduate, and by Wikipedia, really? I mean Zach Vassar. <laughs> oh, hey, Wik- Zach Vassar, <laughs> new, the new president and CEO of Toledo Symphony. Let him know that he did graduate. If he did, uh, you know, and the nice thing about Jamie Father Far is that he really put Toledo on the map when you talk about Tony Packle oh, yep. and the Mud Hens. I mean, there would be no Mud Hen without Jamie Far right. in regard mm-hmm. to the wearing that hat and everything yeah. else. Right. So World really, famous man. Yes, yes. I used to do the backstage production um, hey. when they had the ball at the Seagate Center for the Jamie Farr golf tournament. That was always okay. fun. Yeah. <laughs> Hung out with yeah. Hootie and the Blowfish for a few minutes. <laughs> Before he went country. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. Uh, question three. Wade High School has won the City League football title 19 times, most recently in 2014. When was their previous victory? Um, let me see. Um, we had our 100th uh, centennial in 2014, they honored, I think, I believe it's 63. Oh, my God. <laughs> Man. Wow. You don't even uh, need the bonus questions. Got, the yeah, first time amazing. ever. Congratulations. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to serve it up anyway. The bonus question, the Wade High School mascot is the Indian. How did the sports program get this name? Um, you know what? Robin Hague is the historian for the east side as well as Twitter Public Schools. And... Um, we had just did this one. Uh, she said most people believe the Indians got their name after the Ottawa Indians, um, who existed at one point in time, but it was after the fire department, actually. <laughs> wow. Like, the, the fire department. Wow. You know, what the, the, you know. I don't quite get that. But. Uh, okay, so yeah. here's, here's what happened. When the, when the school first opened, the Toledo Fire Department had an annual competition that involved running and pulling fire trucks. The team from the east side was called the Indians. Someone mm-hmm. thought it'd be a good idea to name the school's mascot after this winning team. Interesting. I think uh, we just do a round that of applause a- for the first, all Woo! the questions answered perfectly correctly. Now, here, go, here there goes go. an urban myth for you. Is it <laughs> oh, urban myth on for uh, Toledo Public Schools? Is it about... Uh, all right, I'm going to see what you <laughs> see who see what you're saying. Was Wade High School built backwards? <laughs> yes. That's, That's what I've always been told. I look at that from my rooftop all We've the time, and it better be, because I tell so Is many that people. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> 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 urban mist that I got to hear everywhere uh, I go. Yeah, true? I've heard that for years. No, yeah. I, I understand because Dude. the goal of the weight was considered to go on the hill and it, it over it would face to the east side. So if weight would turn the other way, it would be faced to north end. So cause the only thing that exists yeah. between the river and Wade is Front Street and mm-hmm. those are plaza. So the school was designed to face the bowl, face the baseball stadium, face <laughs> the east side. Dang. And that was the whole architectural <laughs> design. So, so it was for whatever reason, I got to go through life here and there. <laughs> oh, they do it backwards. I'm going to tell my, my mom is a graduate there. and She's told me that. So I'm going to tell her this. <laughs> We're just I'm uh, glad we can sh- shut down setting that things rumor. straight here on the show. Uh, That's yeah. what we do. Jeez. <laughs> so another thing we, we like to do for all of our guests is we like to ask, hey, you know, what's one hidden gem or, or something that a lot of people may not know about that you that you really love in Toledo that you think more people should know about? And we're, we try to exclude things like the metro parks, which have been, everybody likes to say. The, we've mentioned every metro park in the, in the <laughs> city, so. <laughs> you know what? Um, I, I just, you know, in regard to the hidden gems, I sure. say, are the actual resources of educational opportunities when you talk about like i said the art museum uh you have the um uh, imagination station the zoo you have the library i mean and at the same time when you add into it our restaurants um you know i'll go to chicago and say we got more than this right you know i mean (laughs) they say oh this is a big restaurant we got this in toledo you know however and i think sometimes we 
we shun because of Toledo. But at the end of the day, I think when you look at ourselves in regard to opportunity to do things, they're they're there. It's just we just kind of can't see the forest beyond the trees. And so um, I think our hidden gem is that you know more people don't recognize that the art museum is free. Yeah, <laughs> you could just what? walk right in, yeah, right? always free. Yeah, yeah it's always but it's free. not open past four on the weekdays except Thursdays. So right. people <laughs> like me who want to go see this new decoding ads exhibit. We can't. Right. Lunch break, Danny. Lunch <laughs> <Yeah>. break. That's, <laughs> That's right. a good idea. I've done play that. Rocket League on lunch, Bob. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> well, and I, and I can't thank our, our our gym, the the UT Rockets. Oh know, yeah. You know, to, yeah. And then obviously TPS Proud. Yep. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Well, Doctor Durant, thank you very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. No, Was there anything else you wanted to plug before? We you know what? You I think it's an honor and a pleasure. I'm TPS Proud as well as Toledo Proud in regards to. You know, not only the thing that we have going, but uh, the opportunity that you guys are doing right here in regard to Toledo Matters. Uh, I think a lot when you're doing these things, it really has an impact on the psychological aspect that mm-hmm. it does matter. And you guys bring the right people to the table to discuss all the opportunities that's going on to say, you know what, there's a lot of things that do exist and go on in Toledo. You know, and so we appreciate you and take our hats off to you because you are doing a huge service to the city of Toledo in regard to recognizing those hidden gems that we fail to, to see in the rough. So well, thank, thank you, you for what you thank do. You. Yeah, Thank you. We're, appreciate it. We're honored that the, everyone comes and, and lets us talk to them and, and gives us their time. So it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure both ways, I think. Yeah. And hopefully we didn't sweat you out too much oh, no, today. It's not a problem. And let your wife know if she's looking to be TPS proud. We got some classroom openings for her. Hey, there we go. Well, she listens to the show. So Always she, recruit, she right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for the 25th episode of the Toledo Matters podcast. As always, we appreciate you listening. And Danny's going to take it away for the outro. For more information on Dr. Romulus Duran and Toledo Public Schools, visit tps.org or at tpsproud on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or at Romulus underscore on Twitter, right? That's right. All right. A huge, huge, huge thank you to our studio host, Waveflow Media, for these awesome sound effects, the magic audio engineering that teleports our voices from this little studio to your eardrums, and making our guests sound so doggone crispy. We thank you. For more info on Waveflow Media, check out waveflow.com. Another big thank you to supporter of the show, Holy Toledo Handcrafted Donuts. If you were looking for something outrageous, delicious, and incredibly nutritious, ah, just didn't about the last one, uh, find Holy Toledo at your favorite local coffee shop Thursday through Sunday and huge props and thank you to the wonderful brain behind our Toledo trivia master Zach Vassar new president and CEO of the Toledo Symphony yet he still finds time for us little folks thank you Zach and thank you Toledo for tuning in for helping out and making Toledo matter until next time we wish you well <laughs>